And now, Rembert explains. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Rembert Explains Season 2, Episode 2. We have not gotten canceled yet. Uh, I'm Rembert Brown, and I'm here with friend, mortal enemy, yeah, colleague. I was going to say, don't pretend we're friends. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Don't we lie to the people. Don't lie to all the people. Michael Denzel Smith. Uh, he is, I, got, I, I wrote this title down uh, so I wouldn't mess it up. He is the nobler fellow at the Nation Institute. Yes, sir. He writes many things on the internet. He goes on television sometimes to talk about things he writes. Yeah, and sometimes that's, just... That's their mistake if he, they want to put me on TV. He pops up on panels sometimes wearing Timberlands. I do this for my culture. <laughs> to represent. I will, I will say this. Um, maybe to a fault. <laughs> oh, it's going to... The reality. I mean, I could go to the Schomburg and like have Tim's on. Like, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. But like when they when Harvard calls or whatever, like the like Kennedy Center and I'm trying to like, <laughs> like oh, I don't have any other shoes. Y'all have like, sho- yo, I actually I just bought these J's today. Like what are you tell why are you telling no, me? No, these I can't are wear my them? dress shoes. Like these are new Tim's. Like these are what are you talking about? Like, do y'all have shoes there for me? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, this is going to be fun. The first thing we're going to talk about: two people very much in the news for different things, but also similar things. Marshawn yeah. Lynch, Marshawn Lynch uh, of the Seattle Seahawks, and the Queen, Queen, Queen Ava, Queen. I love her, Ava DuVernay. So um, the thing about Marshawn that I love, and if you have been under a rock or something, Marshawn Lynch has for a while been he's very anti-media yeah. very anti post-game yeah junket people asking terrible questions right so he's just like he he has because of the rules of the nfl he has to show up and present himself in front of the media but he doesn't have to answer questions the way people want to ask him he doesn't right. even have to actually answer the question he can say whatever he wants as short as he wants, which he has which been he doing, and gloriously, gloriously, <laughs> and now some other athletes are starting. Like Russell Westbrook was doing it. Like yeah. it's it's starting a trend, and some people in the media are upset with it, which is just. Uh, which I mean, yo, the whole ritual of asking someone questions about their game while they're getting dressed, like like this doesn't make sense. Like to that me. could like there there is a world in which that. There's no reason that should exist. Right. Like, if some you finish work and you go take a <laughs> and someone, like, comes in the bathroom like, and, like, like, no, no. like, wants to interview you, like, no, 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 no. But, but then I get fined if I said no. They're yeah. like, no, 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 no. Like, we are allowed to come in your stall yeah. and hang out. And hang out. And, and ask you questions about what you just did. It's like, yo, like, how do you feel about that? You don't have time to process this. Like, you just finished, and you're riding high on emotions. Like, this is how people get up. Either really happy emotions or very angry emotions. Yeah. Either way, it's it's probably going to be not... Ask news. Isaiah Thomas about this. <laughs> Ask Isaiah Thomas. 
I'm just saying, and like that's, and, and and I guess that's what like the reaction from from reporters that like, oh, they're being spoiled brats, and they don't want to participate, they don't want to, uh, you know, participate, and they don't want to, what? But what you don't understand is that they have a deep distrust because for years. Things that they've said have been taken out of context. Yeah. Things that they've said at the height of emotion. Like, this is an emotional... Like, they have a lot invested in this. Not just, like, for their families and their careers and their futures, but just, like, for themselves and their personal pride. Like, yeah. there's a lot on the line that they're putting out there for our entertainment. Yeah. And then after, right after that, you want to ask them questions about it all? And it also, <clears throat> it also creates an environment for me where... If they're expecting, if they're almost expecting the things that they say not to be either put in the right light or taken out of yeah. context, it creates, it, it creates, I think, like an over, like a across the board distrust in <clears throat> the idea of doing interviews, of doing anything that right. exposes their personality because what ends up happening is it's like, I'm better off just saying nothing right than right. saying something which is right. a t- like which is the exact opposite of how you Cause, how it should be because i would love to read profiles about these guys i love to read all all of the things that go into their routine and like what the way they approach the game and stuff but you're asking them in a moment that they I, I feel like and you're taking away their ability to consent to that like to consent to bearing their soul yeah. and like like by forcing them into the, this this relationship with media that, you know, if if media is doing their job correctly, yeah. they would be more willing to do. <laughs> but if it, yeah, but at this point, the the relationship ends up being we're distrust we're, we're we have no trust in you all, right? So we don't want to say anything, and then we don't when we don't say anything. Then we come off as ungrateful or or rude or mean, and then and that becomes this builds story. a whole a whole other narrative. But it also, and it's, and it's I mean, look, it's particular to black athletes though. Yeah. Like it definitely like if Greg Popovich does not want to give you like if he's giving you short answers during the stupid ass like he's interviews a during this curmudgeon. Oh man, <laughs> he's just really about the X's and O's, and he's really intense and really into the game. Like that's all that's all that is. Like he's just an intellectual like basketball savant that like he just he really can't he can't be bothered right now he just can't you know what I mean I want to look to see if anyone's ever referred to Marshawn Lynch as a curmudgeon or he's no. just he's, no 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 thug yes absolutely over and over again what I will say Marshawn Lynch has become my favorite athlete in sports he's definitely one because of them. he's also really good. Like he's that, also, like he's he's also the guy that the best at his job. Yeah, he also is the guy that scores a touchdown and then shakes everyone's hand and it's just like we did that. Like he's 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 from like another planet and it's yeah. amazing because it's also amazing with that you have someone like him who is over here, you have someone like Sherman who is all the way over there. Oh yeah, and then you have someone like. Russell Wilson and like they all have to operate in the same universe yeah. and they are very much like kind of They're three very like, archetypes of absolutely. athlete 
Absolutely. In black athletes. Like, I think some, someone on Twitter said, I wish I could credit them properly, but someone was just like, you know, Richard Sherman's a master code switcher. Like, he can move with in and out of those worlds yeah. very easily. Marshawn just doesn't want to be bothered with it all. Mm. Like, he's just like, it. Yeah. Like, don't bother me with it. And I feel like Russell is just more of, a, like, he fits the mold of a very traditional, like, quarterback in that he can he just is ever-present, affable, like, you know, like... Yeah. Well, Sherman can go. Sherman can go be like Marshawn and go be like yes. Russell in like an hour. Like, yes. he, like just watching him at media day, like he. It's interesting. Marshawn does not want to play the game, like the no. the game. Sherman is on the other side of the spectrum where he was like playing. He's the playing game. the He's game, playing but knows them. that it's. Yeah, he, like, he like I, I was I was talking to someone about this about how he he's so smart that he's like figured out a way and you have to be really smart to do this figure out a way to like troll your employer <laughs> like yeah. he has become like one of the most marketable people in the NFL but is spending a lot of his free time critiquing critiquing. The, the, the institution, yeah. Roger Goodell, he's like, directly. I, yeah, he's like, okay, I'll do these things, but like, I'm also gonna continuously call y'all out. Yeah. For the, and like, you don't see, you don't, you don't see that a lot. Like, I mean, it's born of a certain type of privilege because he is just so good. Like, you have to pay attention to. Have him. to. I mean, it doesn't matter if some like the, I don't know. Somebody else from the Legion of Boom. Did you did you see that um, Sports Illustrated cover? Yeah, where they look yeah. like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it was like everyone was like, "Yo, this didn't work out for the Indiana Pacers, guys. Oh. Don't don't do this to yourself. Okay, just note don't to, do any, it to yourself. Any defenses, any any teams is like if they ask you." For the five person or four to five person shoot, just like don't oh don't no. watch like VH1 solo before <laughs> before you. It's like yo, okay, who's gonna wear the scarf? Who's gonna go sleeveless? Like like with the with the Seahawks when it was like okay, everyone like go find your favorite piece of leather. <laughs> I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's a jacket. I don't care if it's a, like, if it's a bracelet. <laughs> yes. They were going to shoot a new Black Street video. <laughs> like, we're also going to sing Don't Leave. <laughs> yo, but shout out, yo, shout out to Legion shout of Boom. Legion of uh, Boom, man. So when I brought up, before we started talking, when I brought up yeah. Sean, you then brought up Ava. Yeah. And wanted to talk about them kind because, of in the same universe. Because what's happening to both of them, I think, is the unapologetically black tax. Okay. Like, I think that they are being so aggressive and unapologetic in their presentation of blackness. Uh-huh. They are upsetting a lot of people. So what happens with Marshawn is, like, he wants to wear his cleats and he doesn't want to talk to anybody and he wants to grab his nuts and he, all that, like... This is a very particular presentation of of a kind of black masculinity that's like stoic and reserved and and also kind of a, a in your face you to the establishment yes. that does not sit well with a lot of people. 
Ava's going through a very similar has gone through a very similar thing in in the awards season and uh-huh. the backlash to Selma mm-hmm. in that uh the critics who pounced on her for a depiction of Lyndon Johnson, right? Um she did not back down. She didn't. She did not back down in the least bit, like not even conceding a little bit to anyone. And it was so beautiful to me it to was, watch. It was beautiful. But it cost her. Oh, yeah. It cost her. It cost. And, and look, she was always on. She was like, I'm not getting nominated for an Oscar. Like the people that vote for the best director. Yeah. For it, it's like, I heard her say that too, like yeah. she's like, I don't know any of them. And yeah. that's part of like that's part of the whole problem is that they're just like voting for their friends or like yeah. co- people that they see as their colleagues. Mm-hmm. Even if Ava is one of their colleagues, they can't. They can't fathom the idea of a black woman as a colleague, yeah. essentially, you know. But Marshawn has to pay in fines, and it's like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here, so I don't get fined now. And and Ava is paying in the sort of type of you know the prestige that comes along with all. Of, like she's the first black woman nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Director, and like basically no one is going to talk about that anymore. Like, that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Yeah. She's the first black woman to win Best Director at Sundance. No one's talking about that. Now, all they're talking about is how you f***ed up LBJ. And it's like, like that's, and that's the price that she's paying, not because, not because of her actual depiction, Yeah. but because post the critique, she said, this is my artistic vision. This is what happens when you, this is, she said to me in an interview, she's like, this is the undiluted vision of a black storyteller. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sorry, like the, the depiction, like people's problem with the depiction of LBJ, I'm like, you realize in that film, he's just the device, right? He's, he He's, he's a white moderate, like, and he is the, he's the white moderate that King in letters to, from a Birmingham jail is like, you guys are the ones that really stand in the way of progress. Yeah, and then exactly. it's not even completely historically inaccurate to say that he said, wait. He did. He said, just wait on this. My thing is like, how crazy it is that Selma became a movie about LBJ. It's not... It, <laughs> It's not at all. It's not at all a movie about like, him. How? Like, how? About it. I'm sorry. I, uh, like, yo, when when Robert uh, Carroll writes a four volume uh, biography on the career of Diane Nash, then I'll be concerned about like yes. the custodians of LBJ's legacy. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much out there, and and like. You, I mean, sure. There's, is there an LBJ film coming? Like Brian Cranston did the the thing on Broadway, oh, yeah, yeah. and like I think he's gonna do oh, a film, true? right? And I'm like, yo, if that film comes out and it and LBJ is not a like vehement racist, like I want to see the same people standing up and being like, yeah, he didn't say nigger enough. Yeah, my thing is, it's I, I've I've read so much about. Pretty much everything's happened since she didn't get nominated. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, there are some, you know, I think some of the criticisms that kind of are out of her hands more, you know, there's like, the, uh, you know, the whole thing with like who got screeners and all this. There's, there's, yeah, that's... There, there's, a, there's a lot of that and I, and I understand that and I also plead some ignorance in yeah. some of... Like if the, the studio wasn't playing the, the Hollywood game, that's on them. But 
to back up what you're saying, there there were so many opportunities for Ava to be like, you know what? Maybe we should have had a whole team of historians ready yeah. to battle, blah, 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 blah. Like, there, there were so many opportunities. And what I, what I see from her kind of reminds me a lot of what I see from a lot of young writers and people who mm-hmm. are creating. Like, it, it made me, like, kind of bring her feel closer to her than that than yeah. more of her in the establishment. Yeah. Because it's like, no, like I'm gonna create something and put it out there. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna have a hundred, you know, <clears throat> disclaimers or like I'm not gonna have a already prepared response and ca- like I'm just gonna like create something that I care about, that I love, and I'm gonna put it out right. there and do with it what you right. will. Like I I, the kind of, I think some people would call it like sloppiness, but I call it, you know, just kind of, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care what y'all have to say. Like, mm-hmm. I know she cares. She cares. She but obviously like, cares, but it's like at, at, at what, to give. At, at, at what expense are you, like, you right. can't care about everything. Right. You can't please everything, right. everyone. And I really, you know, I respect the fact that she stuck to her guns because, like, she definitely didn't have to. No, no. If she, like, she could have played the game. Like, she, she could have played ball and said, you know what? These historians who have studied LBJ, they obviously know more than I do about him and his legacy. And I wish I could have incorporated a lot of that into the film had I known it. Like, she could have said all of that bullshit. If she wanted a quicker seat to the future, to, to the table in the future, oh yeah, she could have said. She that. could have said that. She could have said that. But this, but no, this, this no. kept her as an outsider for longer. No. and I respect the fact that she did that, knowing, knowing, even exactly. did PR for you. Like she knows what this world is. Exactly. She knows what you need to do to, you know, get in and out, and you know, be accepted by these people. She's not. She's not a dummy. She knows this world. Yeah. So she obviously knew what she was doing by being like. This is it. Right. And I shout out to her and Marshawn. Her and Marshawn for just, I mean, I love when I can see people that have clear ends to the system. Like saying, That's what it is. Yeah, like saying, is. look, I am not compromising in a way that makes me feel like I, I'm compromising myself. You know, like I'm compromising who I am at my core. Like I, I find that incredible. I find that courageous. Like particularly in the economy that we we exist in. Like, yeah. yo, she very well could not have found funding for her next movie. Like that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But she did find fun, and and I think that part of that has to do with people wanting to invest in that spirit. It's like when you wear Tim's on a panel. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> I'm saying. I'm saying. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about, because it's a world I'm growing both suspicious of and more interested in, mm-hmm. is television. Television. And kind of the the pros and cons of being someone that main main job is writing on the internet mm. but 
occasionally <clears throat> finds his way on television for a variety of reasons. Uh, what do you think are the advantages of of still like kind of the the TV pundit world? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's do you think it's still necessary? Do you think do you think it even exists if it doesn't become stuff to talk about on the internet? Like for me, for me, I, I, I do understand that the internet and Twitter is very much a bubble. Mm-hmm. There are people who watch TV that yeah. have, will never read a thing I write, exactly. or, you know. So like, there's definitely that. But one thing I've found interesting, like thinking about TV and watching cable news and all this other stuff, is like, unless you say something like really outlandish or like really crazy. Like there's no, there's no feedback or response. You don't feel the response to yeah. like what and you just did. It's just kind of lost out it just, there. It just kind of happens. It's, you went on. It's a thing that happened for two minutes, and, and then, you, then you're off. You know. Yeah. But they, like so much of the definition of the internet, it's like every time you write something, opinions will be made that you see and feel like either immediately or forever mm-hmm. down the road. Like just what? Where's your head at in terms of? why you continue to do it if it's something that you want to continue to do going on tv uh so i mean i do it in part because my contract <laughs> um no no but 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 the reason that the the institute wants me to like do these type of things is because the level of exposure is okay. different you know yeah. um and for me the the benefit of that is if we're having a, a conversation, um, if cable news is having a conversation about p- topics that I'm very passionate about and feel like there's there's ideas or perspectives that are being left out, if they do call me, like I get to interject that. And it's like something that this audience, like if I write about, let's say I did write, I don't do it too often, but let's say I like l- legit just laid out a plan for prison abolition at the nation, uh-huh. right? I'll get it. I get an audience for that, yeah. but it's an audience that's probably already receptive to the idea, and that doesn't really move the needle. There's some know? speaking to the choir, preaching to right, the choir, right? Exactly. And so, if I get invited, like, I don't think this is gonna happen. But if I were to get invited on like a Chris Matthews show uh-huh. or like an Anderson Cooper or something to talk about that very issue, yeah. like it's exposing this idea to a bunch of people that never even fathomed it as, as, some, as something that could exist. You know, that makes sense. Um, and, and so, so I, so I find it necessary in that as long as people are tuning in and as long as that that audience exists, yeah, we people that believe deeply in an idea should be the should be willing to to go on and, and express those ideas but for the most part we have to just understand and recognize and be okay with the fact that cable news is entertainment, entertainment. like they bring the same people on over and over again because they know they can get good tv out of it like these are the people that are practicing they rehearse making like, good tv is still is at the top of the oh absolutely Absolutely. Like, that is number one. They are in the TV business. They are not in the, like, business of politics and like like they yeah. get people that are in that business to yeah. come on because they are like the experts in that world. But yeah, they, it only exists because it's it's a form of entertainment that you can do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
do you feel looser when you do TV? Like, like when you if you go on for an eight minute like round table, yeah. Like, do you Shout feel Melissa Harris-Berry. It made Melissa the bomb. Yeah. Uh, you should have her on the show. Yeah, we got it. I'm gonna make it happen. I'm, we're gonna make this happen. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, when you're on a show like <clears throat> Nerdland, yeah, Melissa Harris Perry, do you feel looser? Like, do you feel like then, like, are you are you worried about what's gonna come out of your mouth? Or at this point, um, are you are you? I'm pre- always worried. About what's gonna come out. <laughs> I'm always worried that I'm just gonna like, say the wrong. Like I would be like, because because it's you know, there's a there's a negotiation that you make that like again. I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in like the negotiation that you make for access, right? Mm-hmm. So if I go on MSNBC and like I critique the hell out of the fact that they're owned by G, like if I did all of that, they're not going to invite me back too many times. Like great. Unless great. <laughs> unless you're like Jeremy Scahill. He gets away with it and so yeah. but that's just like white male privilege. It's yeah. like, you know, um, you, shout you, out to Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> You will not get called back. I guarantee. I will not. I will. I will absolutely. I'll have you back here. But yeah, you know. I appreciate that. I appreciate. It. When I'm banned from cable news, I always know I have a home at Rimbledon. I'll put like a little picture. <laughs> but 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 so so yes, I am like in this in the context of certain conversations where I'm like. Can I go there? Can I say? Can I? Can I go completely there to say what's actually on my mind? Yeah. You know, and it's the constraints of like this industry where you're you're fi- constantly fighting for that kind of attention mm-hmm. uh, and notoriety because if you don't have it, like you don't have the social capital to to do the work that you want to do. You know, yeah. um, it, it's it's tough, but you know. I guess let's just acknowledge the fact that Shonda's coming back on. Shonda is back. I also saw that Shonda is now in the in talks or it just got approved for a fourth show. Yeah. Shonda <laughs> is going to own ABC at some point. Like, Shonda will own this building. At some oh, point. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. This <laughs> is the ABC <laughs> building. <laughs> <laughs> Shonda. <laughs> I, know, I know you can hear me. Uh, thank you for letting this podcast happen, Shonda. Uh, thank you for letting my key card work every day. Yeah, no, she's just a beast. She is. It's incredible. It's incredible to watch. Even if you don't watch, even if you're like a fan of the shows, even if you don't watch them, it's just amazing to see this black woman like come through and deliver just like, like, just like, like <laughs> complete hits, hit after hit after yeah. hit. And like it not be just on some oh yeah man I mean black women are tuning in like absolutely they are but, but like it's a lot of them it's no, a it's, lot of it's, people it's every like everyone everyone like, and it's caught up they're caught up in it like really caught up in the the fever of it all just like tweeting up a storm like don't do sh- you can't plan anything for Thursday at nine o'clock don't don't try to get a date or anything at that hour yeah. because. Whoever you know is furiously tweeting about what's happening on Scandal. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it, it's it's incredible. It's like it's like a ceasefire almost. <laughs> it's like it's like the Crips and the Bloods are like, yo, yeah. Here's we have just stumbled across the solution to Israel and Palestine. Is Shonda, get them to import Shonda Rhine. Television show. In one year, <laughs> there will be complete world peace. There will be a two-state solution on the <laughs> <Because> board. <laughs> Olivia Pope 
<laughs> it's we'll handled. Do a, we'll do a, there'll be a Shonda World Tour, and peace will just sweep over the world. Oh, I can't wait for Shonda to do that, <laughs> to bring world peace for the first time in human history. Gosh, shout out to Shonda. Um, something that you brought to my attention that I hadn't seen until this morning yeah. was a PSA that is going to air on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Uh, a domestic violence PSA. Yeah. Basically, the premise, if you haven't seen it, <clears throat> the premise is there is a woman on the phone. She's talking to someone on on 911, and she's, she's asking... She's making a pizza delivery. Mm. Um, and over the course of the phone call, it's clear that she's in the room with someone and she's making a distress 911 call. Yeah. So the man or the person <clears throat> in the room with her doesn't know that she's calling 911. It is a very eerie, very terrifying. Uh, it's commercial. hard, to, very hard to watch. How do you. How do you feel about this existing? Or, you know, like, this has kind of been like a half season of NFL. Right. They've yeah. done it, like, but they had the players, like, kind of sit in and say, you know, domestic violence is wrong, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and look, I want the NFL because um, of their their place in our our culture. Um, and our mask, like, the culture they, of masculinity. Yeah. Like, a hundred million view, hundred million people are going to tune in to the Super Bowl and are going to see this. Like that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this ad in particular just yet. I feel like it, it and in a way, uh, takes the focus away from that culture of masculinity and like the ways in which we need to interrogate that. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like we're 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 again. We're talking about the the resources for victims after the fact, right? Yes. And instead of prevention, instead of how do we get men to understand that they shouldn't be hitting women? Like how do we how do we ingrain that in the culture? How do we talk about the ways in which we encourage violence on the field and then don't do anything about uh, talking to to our young boys that are getting into this game that grow into men about like why it's acceptable in this realm and why we can't take that outside, why we can't um, talk about nonviolent means of you know conflict resolution yeah. uh we can't we haven't had discussions just about like what it means to have dominance over women like the 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 disc like the disconnect that that men f- are feeling like in terms of oh feminism taught me that uh men and women are equal so i should be able to punch her in the face and like why that's just not a thing not that a should thing. exist not <laughs> right like i feel like it's it's powerful in one respect that it will start a conversation among people that like this I mean this for me is like one of the things that I love about the current like Black Lives Matter 
protest and movement is that they're going to places and making people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're going to people's brunches and yeah. going to shopping malls where people don't want to think about these issues. So, yeah, having this commercial broadcast during the Super Bowl when no one wants to be thinking about yeah, this whatsoever. Yeah, it's like, whatsoever. oh, we just turn it back on. And we like, turn it back on. All you wanted to do was turn it off. All you wanted to do was just escape for a moment in your, like, hot dog and, like, like your beer or whatever, like, all of that. But... It just it feels incomplete if it's not a part of a larger program in which the the NFL like is going to talk to their players specifically That's the thing, about like, not until like the last second pretty much not until the commercial's over yeah does it have any connection to the NFL right right where it, so it kind of feels like you know the NFL is like like paying for an ad it, it kind of feels mm. like the same as like just NFL like donating to a charity right you know right. It, it's it, like it, it's almost it's like NFL like play 60 it's like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the same concept here yeah it's it's one of those things where i i i do i don't i don't love you know the immediate reaction of you know just tearing something apart that you know is a net positive right i will say the ad is a net positive uh you know probably uh, yeah i, yeah. I, I think it's a ne- even if it's this much positive, i don't think it's a net negative right but it's like it's one of those things it's uh, where it's it's like given one shot to do this you know this is the super bowl after right. perhaps like the most tumultuous year in the NFL's history. Right. One of those major stories being a gigantic domestic violence yeah. case. It's like if you're going to do something, like you need to nail it. And yeah. it needs to have as much uh, ownership as possible. And that's where I'm like And that's the dis- like that's where the disappointment comes in because of like because of the size of the audience that they're going to have yeah. for this, like the rest of the year, you're just like, of course they they ha- this can't be the one shot, like this can't be yeah, it, right? One hundred percent. But this is like a moment where you're going to have all eyes from America, and like even I mean, this is a global phenomenon now, so you're, like, you're going to have hundreds of millions of eyes on this moment, um, where that you're not going to have the rest of the year. They like it's the I mean, a story about Ray Rice is not going to garner that much attention at this point. Yeah. You know? Make a commercial, though, put out Ray Rice talking, or like, you know, like, in a, like there, there are lots of other ways that this yeah. can happen. Like, I mean, there are lots of other things that they probably should be doing as as far as engagement with the players and then using the, the player stature as, you know, role models and idols for young boys to say like now you have to engage with the things that you've learned with these kids that are coming up trying to be like you right yeah. and then you could do a commercial in which they're they're having that kind of engagement yeah. you know that would that would have been something i think incredibly powerful yeah absolutely like, this is just it's it's i mean it hits and it's scary and it's like it, it drives the point home about the danger that that is faced by um, you know victims or survivors like whatever term you choose to use uh, of domestic violence, <clears throat> but again shifting the conversation away from where it needs to be. Yeah, I completely agree. 
you should watch it if you haven't seen it though. Yes. It, it it is it's 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 uncomfortable and for that for that much yeah causing a it should of, be yeah uh, of things feeling uncomfortable in the middle of Super Bowl I I do give it some credit for that but yeah. it, you know uh, okay something that I wanted to talk about and I want to keep it vague because like I said earlier yeah. not into throwing shots at people I don't know <laughs> only people like you is <clears throat> wondering how you decide who to take seriously on the mm. internet, who mm. to pay attention to, who to, how to expend your energy, because there's so much coming at you. There's, you know, stuff that feels prestigious. You're being told it's prestigious. You're being told it's right. You're being told it's wrong. How, in all of that, you decide, like, who to listen to, who not to listen to, who to take seriously, et cetera. There are a lot of people that are shifting to the internet or like ha- or were made to shift to writing to- for the internet mm-hmm. um, that came up in a print world yeah. that have a, have a level of prestige bestowed upon them and a level of self-importance that's born of that prestige yeah. that are not accustomed to the feedback that comes with a sort of open democracy of the internet, right? Yes. So, so we've been we've been like obviously there's still those type of structures in place that they you know prevent certain voices from rising. Yes. And, you know, I, and and I don't want to discount that, but we are in a place where it's much more open and more voices are able to be heard and more more voices from different backgrounds are yes. able to push back against narratives that they normally would not have been able to like like they could have like written a letter to the editor that would have been lost in a slush pile somewhere mm-hmm. right um but now you can when you disagree with something or you want to issue a corrective on the ways in which someone has viewed a particular event or something through it like you can say to that person well you know i disagree with this or here's some other information or the the language you're using is oppressive like you can say these things directly to that that person person. and i think that a lot of the people that come from that other world Mm -hmm. particularly like straight white men okay are not like they're like, what is happening? Why are these people speaking to me? I didn't sign up for this. I did not <laughs> sign up for this. This is not in my contract. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me I have to listen to wait, them? Wait. 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 Right. And then, then, like, they go to an editor and they're like, wait, you got to engage on social media. Like, you have to listen to these people? Yeah. yeah. And it's like... They don't have this type of respect level for that engagement because of who's engaging them. Two things we were saying in jest, but they both have real truths mm-hmm. earlier, uh, are, one, this idea of there being only one spot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, a, that's an ideology that has been true forever. Absolutely. And, but... I've already witnessed the reality of it of it not being true as we get further and further in the future because like I don't have a desire 
to be that one. You don't have a desire to be that one. Oh, no. Six or seven other people don't have that desire to be that one because we all want to exist together you know yeah i like, want everybody i want all those other voices yeah out there. you know but that's a very that's a very new thing but the other side of that is it, it, it's not just a want thing it's also a like you know person at the top like you you can't just create this world where there's space for one mm-hmm. like like eight of us are are going to continue to like make our way through this world and like sorry like there's like a there's a nature of like sorry like we're not going anywhere and i think that's going back to what we were saying like that there's there's this notion of well there are this system works in a way like there are Mm. rules to follow there are like you have to wait your turn for to do this to do Mm. that and and it, so many of us are just like no, it, it, no, no, no. It doesn't make the rules don't make sense, and like the rules are actively shutting out voices that 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 sound like us and look like us, yeah. and it's like then we're not playing by those rules. No, it's just like no, like like what I was what I was teasing you about about like treating this job like a like a rapper <laughs> like i actually that's like actually kind of how i think about the internet there's like <laughs> there's this notion where i'm like well like who like, who are you, you know, like, <laughs> i mean like I, I get it like I, I i understand like i'm 27 i i, I take ownership of my 27 year oldness right. whatever but also like like i'm out here and i'm like working hard and i i'm 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 attempting to write things that matter every time I write something, you know? Uh, so I have, I have every, as much of a right, right in this universe to put stuff out for public consumption right. as you do. You know, there's the, the notion of, well, you know what? <clears throat> I can't possibly have as much of a grasp on this topic as you do because yeah. you've been around so much longer it's just i feel like people got away with that for a really long time oh, yeah. and i'm sorry if like a bunch of mediocre white men fail to see our genius that's their loss like and and i mean you that like you are if you are in that position you are setting limitations on the the amount of information that you are taking in the amount of voices that you are allowing yourself to hear and be influenced by and i think that that's more stifling yeah. than than me like than my age. <laughs> like oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, age, I, I mean, age is dumb. I mean, whatever. Like, Even I, though we're both getting old, you realize this, right? I, before we started taping this, <laughs> I showed Michael a gray hair. Is it poking out of my hair right now? Yeah, you it's got a gray t- hair. What is- but, but you show your gray hair, and I'm like, my hairline is not exist anymore. All I'm saying <laughs> is... Yeah, you know I've what? got it covered up just for that reason. Yeah, I'm losing. That's a, yo, that's a great beanie. That's, that's, a, that's a dope beanie. That's a dope beanie. Okay, last thing I want to talk about, and let's yeah. wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. But this this is just a funny thought that I I hadn't thought much about until ten ten minutes before we started. So we're almost at Black History Month. Um, 
Shout out to February. My mom was born in Shout February. Shout out to February. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, Frederick but, Douglass. Frederick Douglass. Uh, <laughs> the, so, you know, growing up, Black History Month program, important. Yeah. You, you learn, yeah, you, learn yeah, you know, important. Banneker, <laughs> the clock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you learn. That's what you, you learn. Banneker, the clock. You learn. Rosa Parks, Rosa the bus. Parks, bus. <laughs> I want to know the significance of teaching us about like the peanuts thing. Thank you, Justin Carver. No. It gets short shifted in our history to, to these damn peanuts, and I'm just like, why am I supposed to be proud of this? I really want. Are you kidding me? Okay, if Black History Month program power rankings. <laughs> Somehow, Carver, like Carver's like number four. He's so high on the list. <laughs> like, they're like, yo, this black man. Yo, made peanuts, man. He made a car out of peanuts. <laughs> like, like, this man took the peanut and did everything. Like, like, like I, you know, think about it. Like, may, he, maybe he was like kind of abnormally high on the list. He, I feel like we spent like a whole day learning all the stuff he made out of peanuts. You would have to like, they give you a quiz and be like, name 10 peanut products. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these things aren't in use right now, all right? But, but he made them. He made them and he was black. In case they did need to be in use forever. You know, George Washington Carver cannot predict the future. He's just like, here's a bunch of stuff that maybe y'all might need. Shout out to you know, Shout out George Washington shout Carver. Out to, you know, Carnegie Woodson, uh, Black National Anthem. You know, like, these are just people. The whole reason I brought this up. So, I feel, I feel so, terrible. I feel right. We're terrible not going right to have jobs or people. Like, readers are abandoning us. <laughs> there's, right? there's no way you should ever diss George Washington Carver. <laughs> oh, God. This is terrible. This is, I, this is I've, terrible. I've let down so many uh, of my ancestors uh, right uh, now. Ancestors in elementary school teachers. Uh, the reason I brought this up was like there's like this world where you know when you get older you you trick yourself into thinking stuff that you did as a kid like doesn't happen anymore it's like oh like do people still watch cartoons it's like of course there are still kids yeah there there are still black history month programs and there are still black kids and you know kids learning about black history figures but I, I was just wondering like who of like the recent you know past 20 years has like made it into the program i feel like like because it's not going to be updated except for obama like that's about all they're going to add you know but here's my question you know who was very much a like a new school black history person when we were coming up ben carson he definitely was. Is Ben Carson still was. in the Black History Month program? If he runs for president, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he will be exposed we, even further. Like, Gifted, hands, be like, like, Gifted hands came out, and my mom was like, you yeah. need to read this oh, book. Absolutely. Because he unconjoined those twins. That's what he did, right? I think so. I think so. Uh, uh, <laughs> But I feel like Ben Carson He would have been was like a one hit wonder and like it's still been. not I need to talk to someone that is an elementary school teacher, but like is LeBron in there? Like is LeBron in black a black history figure? I feel like he is. I know Carmelo's not. 
like, like, I feel like you got to talk about LeBron. You know who might be? Um, wow, I just blanked on her name. Uh, she does ballet. Misty Copeland. Misty Copeland. Yeah. You got to put Misty yeah. Copeland in Black oh, yeah. History Program. Oh, yeah. Condoleezza? Oh, God. You probably like you probably I think you, you probably to. put Condoleezza and Colin Powell. You got to like you probably you should give these black kids yeah. options. Give them like the whole pantheon. Yo, of black people, we can, we can black make... people can be horrible like Republicans too. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> they didn't make about a, they didn't make anything out of peanuts. <laughs> they didn't make anything out of peanuts. You know what? They robbed the Iraqis of their their their. Their opportunity to make things out of peanuts. That's so real. But, like, what black person before them would have had that opportunity? If George Washington Carver does not invent. George Washington peanut Carver butter. walked. So <laughs> Colin Powell could, could run. run. <laughs> so Condoleezza Rice could fly. Yo, all roads. Th- there is no way this podcast exists that we can talk without George Washington, without Carver, George Washington Carver making. George Washington, he's got to move up on the list now. Like we gotta, he can't, he can't, bump, he can't be four. All right, I'm gonna. He's got to be at least two. I have, I have like what three days to figure out a power rankings. You yes, I gotta send an email yeah. out. Uh, Michael, thank you so much. I appreciate you not letting our beef seep too much into this oh yeah people should know that i still hate you oh no no like this is as soon as we as soon as these cameras are off like like son, we're going to fight son also what is that like what why are you stripping right now <laughs> it's jaheem <laughs> I, I forgot i was wearing a jaheem shirt until two seconds i can't believe i did this entire podcast i forgot i was wearing a jaheem shirt ultimate warrior shirt oh, that's a great shirt um Thank you for listening. This is uh, episode two, season two. Remember to explain. Michael Denzel Smith. Thank you for coming. Uh, until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.